Radio.fm, best frequencies forever. Community Radio, all your friends are doing it. are listening to TV on the radio here on BFF.FM. That was Laura Spencer-Smith with Will You Love Me Tomorrow? And uh, I don't know, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> I'm Leah, and I'm here with Jessica. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Leah. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. Happy, hardly strictly to all who celebrate. Yeah, yeah. Big Happy weekend. October. Yeah, spoopy season. Spoopy season. <laughs> I did go to Target yesterday and re-up some, oh, some yeah. additional decorations. So We went for a long walk yesterday, and my husband thinks that October 1st is too early for Halloween decorations. No. I'd say October 1st is fair That's, game. October 1st is, you get 30 days. We, yeah. we watched Hocus Pocus 2. Oh, really? Yes. How was it? It was fine. I watched the first one for the first time ever last weekend. Last year was the first time I had seen the first oh, one. Yeah. I don't quite get the cult status, but whatever. Yeah, it's fine. It's It's fine, but... I don't know. Um, Speaking of things I don't understand, though, today (laughs) we are talking about two movies. 
One is a Peacock original starring Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson called Meet Cute. And the other is a Netflix original starring Camila Mendes and Maya Hawk mm-hmm. um, called Do Revenge, mm-hmm. which really annoys me. But <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah, what I think I think it was my suggestion to I don't know if I said we were going to compare and contrast, but I felt like maybe we wouldn't have enough content yeah. with just one movie. So we watched both. And uh, where do you want to start, Jess? I don't know. Either one. You want to start okay. with Meet Cute? Sure, let's start it's with... first me- in my notes. Let's. It's first in my notes also. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Meet Cute. Um, Meet Cute, as I said, is a movie starring Kaylee Cuoco. It, he, on record, as a huge fan. Yep. Noted Cuoco sexual, yep. me. <laughs> um, Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson. Mm-hmm. I'm on record as... Not really getting Pete Davidson's yeah. appeal. And I believe I am on record as an early adopter. Uh, of Pete very Davidson. early adopter. I have made you go see his stand-up a- with absolutely. me. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was that was very early in his career. I would mm-hmm. like to see if he has evolved. Have you watched any of his like televised mm-hmm. stand-up? Yeah, and, they're okay. Yeah. I mean, I I find him very charming as a person. I his stand-up is okay. Yeah. Um I think a lot of men want to know what the appeal of Pete Davidson is because yeah. he's dated so many like very high profile. Um, I was going to say actors, but I guess that's not what you'd call Kim Kardashian. But anyway, <laughs> I, I um, mean, isn't it? <laughs> I, I don't sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I think there's something about his like sad boy thing that's very charming. I just like I find him. I think he's very attractive. I find him very handsome. But there's something about him where he's In also a very young. Syndrome way. Um. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's always been my type, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, like he was 21 when he started on SNL, uh-huh. and you know, he's his dad died in 9/11. What yeah. girl doesn't love a guy who's dead, died in 9/11? Sure, sure. That's <laughs> the biggest know. joke for me. But uh, I don't know. In, in the years since then, I've not fallen off, but like I don't really. Care. You've waxed and waned with waxed Pete and waned. I went into this movie, frankly, with low expectations, mm-hmm. and. Um, I started thinking like Pete Davidson is charming, but maybe not the greatest actor yeah. of our generation. And by the end, I was like, Pete Davidson is the greatest <laughs> actor of our generation. I thought Pete Davidson was great in this. Yeah, I thought he he truly did act in this yeah. movie, which I feel like um, Pete Davidson, from what I've seen, always sort of plays a version of the brand Pete Davidson. Yeah. And I thought this was a departure from that a little and bit I not that, huge uh, no but, not huge but yeah. i mean you don't go straight to taxi driver you yeah. know <laughs> uh, you work on it you yeah. build you build that muscle pete davidson mm-hmm. and i think this was a very nice first step um i think kaylee cuoco is just brimming with charisma mm-hmm. i think she just has that thing like she's just very yeah she's extremely charismatic i think she's she's very funny she's like uh i just i Dig her whole vibe. Yeah. And I thought she was good in this. I did not understand <laughs> a fucking minute of this time travel movie. Yeah. I was, I I mean, I truly was sitting there saying like, am I too, stu- like, am I on the spectrum? Is that why, like, I cannot let go of the fact that I don't have the hook for the time travel thing. Yeah. I was like, I need red string to explain this to Honestly, me. Honestly, because- 
I think what I liked about this movie compared last week we talked about Shining Girls, Shining Girls, which is a time travel thing that takes it, took itself extremely seriously. Yeah, this movie gives you permission not to think that hard about it. It's about a woman. I couldn't stop. <laughs> I truly, I was like, but it doesn't make sense. I mean, it's there's a point at which Pete Davidson, Gary, I believe, yeah, uh, discovers the time travel mechanism and then shouts at the woman who's sort of facilitating it, the nail salon mm-hmm. lady, um, like. Your time machine's stupid and confusing. It's yeah. like, that's giving, a, like, the premise is silly. The, it, yeah. the movie doesn't take itself all that seriously when it comes to the, you know, the plot. Yeah. But it's about a woman who goes back in time 24 hours over and over and over again and relives this first moment meeting this first person. Gary. Gary. Gary and Sheila. Sheila and Gary, yeah. Mm-hmm. They have old-timey names. Um, but, yeah, like, so many things, a kind of a thin vaguely silly premise but mm-hmm. it was carried by their acting and charm and great chemistry in my opinion they do have amazing chemistry it was yeah. reported when they were making this that they were hooking up and <laughs> i believe it 100 percent. yeah i don't know they i were feel like up. every time pete davidson's you know seen with any woman it's required for the you know, gossip press to write something about it. literally divorced her husband like mere weeks after rapping on this show. Did she do that a lot? Just twice. Just twice, okay. I don't know. I feel like I remember her getting a... Anyway, I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so just off topic for a moment, but do you have a theory? You said that, you know, you feel like most men want to know what the appeal of Pete Davidson is. Mm-hmm. And do you have a theory what the appeal of Pete Davidson I is? I mean, like I said, he's he's kind of a gawky but sort of handsome sad boy. And like, I don't know, there's some there's something that it makes you want to take care of him. Yeah, I think he has an inherent sweetness yeah. that this movie actually worked pretty well mm-hmm. to showcase. And I also think, I thought about this specifically in terms of Kim Kardashian when they got together I was like what's the appeal for Kim Kardashian and I'm like Pete Davidson is utterly unaffected by her power I'm sure and that Uh is appealing and I think it's maybe he's I I don't know what it is about him that allows him to like you do you but I feel like he maybe sees women as like on their own path because he he does have that inherent sad boy thing where he mm-hmm. probably doesn't think he's good enough for any of these women anyway so he's just like not trying to be like a cheering like yay girl yeah, boss I like know. i don't know i think pete davidson's got a real like he's got something though. I was- live and let live <laughs> vibe that is appealing to women in this moment yeah <laughs> i think pete davidson's not gonna try to make you anything that you're not pete davidson's just happy to be there like <laughs> Yeah, I guess. just happy to be working, and I think that's that's what it is. If you have theories about what makes Pete Davidson so utterly irresistible to every woman he comes into contact with, mm-hmm. please go ahead and uh, tweet at us. We'd love to hear from you. We're at BFF TV on the radio. Um, but I just feel like this movie it really got me. It helps that like ninety five percent of the budget was twinkle lights. Oh like, yeah, <laughs> just, that restaurant. Oh I my was god, like, that restaurant is magical. I would mm-hmm. like to go there and insanely impractical. Nobody could be yeah. in that restaurant. <laughs> you could not serve food effectively no. in that restaurant. No. Um, but yes, the the scenery, the wardrobe, the setting, New York mm-hmm. City on At a night, clear night, yeah. you know, um, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. And, and I thought the plot, so she keeps coming back to this night 
and it it's revealed over the course of the film that um she wasn't having the perfect day like she said at first and like popped into the nail salon to you know mm-hmm. do a little self-care on top of her great day she was actually suicidal and was going to kill herself that day and i think the time like going back over and over again it works as like a an allegory for mm-hmm. being stuck at that point in your life she can't she can't fathom moving forward and that turns into this um like chronic reliving of the same moment over and over again until the magic actually wears off and like it turns like she finds him so charming for the first you know three months that they're reliving the same day over and over again and then it starts to wear thin and like this single day starts to mirror an entire relationship Mm -hmm. even though the same thing happens over and over again and yeah I don't know it probably doesn't stand up to critical analysis but I found I found the whole thing kind of beautiful and yeah. spoilers it ends with him she eventually convinces him that this is real it's not just a little joke that she tells on their meet cue about being a time traveler and I I was really moved by the moment where he's trying to convince her not to jump off a bridge yeah. and I thought that was um, quite raw and he sort of saves her by by walking like, away by and- walking away which you can take as a metaphor for not, you know, you can't, you can't fix someone, anyone, yeah. but it's also he he's telling her to like have faith in yeah. in the next day instead of reliving the same one over and over again. I don't know. I found it really beautiful. I cried multiple times during yeah. this movie. <laughs> I can see why I just didn't I literally could not get past like yeah. I was utterly confused by his dawning awareness of what was going on even though it's allegedly the first day that they've met each time and um yeah like just yeah I wasn't sure what to make of that but uh, yeah I wasn't sure what to make of of really any of that and yeah I think that the the messages are like you can't like nobody can save you and you can't um you can't take away anyone's pain yeah there's a there's an entire part where he talks about formative things in his childhood and she goes back and tries to change them, including Which appearing I as very hard. I did laugh very hard when she shows up as Uncle Charlie <laughs> to throw ball with him. And then and then Pete Davidson turns into a douchebag in that right. in that time frame, basically. Um, but uh and yeah, she has him lose his virginity to um a girl delivering pizza mm-hmm. who's a hooker that she's hired yes. in. Um that yeah, so funny. The, <laughs> yeah, she's chloroforming all these people in yeah. in his past, including herself. Um, do you understand what any of? I guess it's just the metaphor for she she kills her. Mm-hmm. So she allegedly she says she goes back in time twenty four hours, and he's like, "Well, what did you do with the you of twenty four hours ago?" And she's like, oh, "I didn't even think about it." And then she says, "No, I did think about it. I killed her." Uh-huh. And I guess that's just the metaphor of like you're killing that person in the hopes of being this person who's on this magical first date and yeah. everything's going so great and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I think the movie can also <laughs> be read as she does kill herself and this is just like the, what's happening as the DMT hits her brain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. A Jacob's Ladder situation, as they say. Yeah. I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I have never seen Jacob's Ladder either. <laughs> is that Tim? What's his name? No idea. Probably, sure. <laughs> but there's a Tim in there somewhere. No, who's the... Who's Susan Sarandon's ex? Oh, um, if I it, is it Tim? Tim, it's Tim. Yeah, okay. Rob Robbins. 
Robbins. That's yeah. correct. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> um, okay. So I think that, yeah, the mo- the movie had like real moments of like emotional truth. I liked the progression of the relationship where she's yeah. like, you're just so passive, you know, and, he, mm-hmm. and this guy is sitting there like has no fucking idea what yeah. she's talking about. And um, all of the, yeah, like the natural progression of a relationship. And then like they end up screaming at each other in this one thing. And she talks about how like she went back to fix this thing for him and take away his pain. And mm-hmm. he's like, it's not your pain to take away. And like the whole thing about she said, like, it's fine. We'll just do this again tomorrow and I'll change it and it'll be different. And he says, like, I'll still feel this like I'll still have this feeling when I meet you and like he's like I might not know you but I'll know this feeling I'll remember this or whatever and I I kind of think like that's interesting as well the whole thing about like yeah I mean you sometimes you do have feelings when you meet people right are we all just living the same day over and over again and like (laughs) (laughs) um yeah I thought that it just it had a lot going on but I literally could not get past the actual mechanics of the thing. Yeah, fair enough. Which I feel like it does just tell you, like, don't take this too seriously. It definitely I mean, does. I mean, it's a tanning nail, bed in, in a, a nail, nail salon. salon. <laughs> yeah, and she has to go to the restroom and then ends up going back 24 hours. Yeah. yeah. The um, nail salon lady, also very funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's like, it's, I think it purposefully, and it changes the concept up. Like, she says you can only go back 24 hours, but then it turns out you can go back to whenever, to yeah. Whenever. <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah, it begs you not to take it. And too then seriously. at that very emotional crux where she is uh, telling him that she's jumping off this bridge, and he's like, you know, I, he's like, I've seen the future. Like she just flipped the switch from mm-hmm. B to F for the future, yeah, like, from back and and um, yeah, just which I like, thought was beautiful because he was lying, and it's, yeah, so he's trying to tell her to you know have faith in the future. Yeah, you've got to see another. To- yeah, you've hope, got yeah. to cross the bridge and see what's yeah. on the other side. So was it, were they in Jersey on the other side of the bridge? <laughs> or Staten Island? No, That's the, bridge the worst possible outcome. I would be like, this is the future? Jersey? <laughs> Absolutely the fuck not. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed every moment. I don't want to spoil all the jokes, but like, I, I thought it was a well-made movie. Mm-hmm. It was totally enjoyable. It took a huge swing. It I mean, did. This- and it has this movie... Whatever you can think, whatever you want about anything. This movie has fifty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes, whereas Do Revenge, which we will get to, mm-hmm. is at eighty four percent. And is? I think absolute injustice on both ends. Like, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I honestly think that this movie is too high concept for most people, myself included. <laughs> I was just—I mean, it's it's about as high a concept as Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> I don't know. At least they explain. You get in the hot tub. You go back to a specific. This one you get in a tanning bed. <laughs> I know, but you go back to a specific time. This yeah. is like, I don't know. This is like got all the weight, like the the weight of existentialism on yeah. it. Not like the actual, like you're going back to defeat your 80s ski villain or whatever the fuck <laughs> happened in a, in Hot Tub Time Machine. There was a ski villain, wasn't there? I don't know, but the 80s <laughs> were the only time that you could have a ski villain. <laughs> yeah, a simpler time. Yeah. Don't we miss it? Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, would, I would like a ski villain, TVH. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the, um, yeah, the crux of this is like, it's 
it's a beautiful kind of hopeful yeah ne- like commentary on the struggle of trying to stay alive in a world that's mm-hmm. not great sometimes and i will it, it's also we've talked about their chemistry but over and over again they have a meet cute mm-hmm. as the title implies and I thought each one was really charming cute. and cute, yeah. <laughs> and I guess it would be a huge failure if this movie failed at that. But um, I don't know. It's I feel like this movie delivered on what it what it promised, which wasn't that much. <laughs> I think Palm Springs did it better. Okay. If you're looking for a time loop that. movie, you should watch Palm Springs with Christina Chris Malati Is it Christine? It's spelled without an e at the end, but it's not Kristen. I don't think. No, I have no it's idea. Christine. I don't know. Anyway, the girl from the resort, which yeah. we also talked about. We're in a real time travel yeah. phase at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, Meet Cute is currently streaming on Peacock. It clocks in at an extremely reasonable, very watchable hour and 37 mm-hmm. minutes. So if nothing else, I mean, God bless people still making 90 minute movies oh, yeah. because fucking three hours <laughs> i watched hours. blonde last night you did yeah we can talk about let's that talk about want. it let's get into it before we get into oh you want to yes it please tell fine. me everything <laughs> it was very so- disappointed to hear that i i thought it was good um it did some of the stuff that was more out there i thought could have done without the baby stuff was i i mean spoilers for blonde if, um you know i think much was made out of her abortions and how that was treated. And I think the movie was really just trying to make the point that this woman was sublimated into, uh, you know, a, a thing that was separate from herself, mm-hmm. like not just in our memory of her, but in her lifetime, she became, she was sublimated into Marilyn and couldn't mm-hmm. be Norma Jean anymore. Um, and I thought this movie did a, a good job of showing that. And it's not it's not a fun romp. It's about yeah. a woman who kills herself. And uh, some of the stuff, like I said, the abortion stuff I thought was just so over the top. It wasn't, it made it seem a little silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was two hours and 47 minutes. I, I'm always thumbs down on that. Yeah. Could have been tightened up. Um, but I thought, um, what's her name? But, Anna Darmus. Yeah, Anna Darmus was Great. I think she's great. She was great. Fantastic. In the filmmakers clearly like, you know, mostly focused on capturing these aesthetic moments, like these images of Marilyn that are burned into all our brains mm-hmm. and did a fantastic job of that. She really, I mean, I think it must, a lot of people have tried to play Marilyn. Mm-hmm. She did the best job I've ever seen. Um, uh, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Okay. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't fall asleep, even though <laughs> it was past nine o'clock and it was fucking two hours and 47 minutes. So okay. that's a, you know. Ringing endorsement. Yeah, it's, most it's fine. For. Like, I don't think it's for everyone, but if you, I don't know. Will this watch. movie stay with you? Some of it will, yeah. Do you think this is just disaster porn for Marilyn? No, I think it was... Um, I mean, it is from a man's perspective, and it's you know trying to capture these these this ultra sexualized version of a woman. But I think it did an effective job of showing how she was sort of not forced into it, mm-hmm. but like had trouble with you know, separating herself yeah. from that, and really didn't have an opportunity. You know, it yeah. showed how she was sucked into a Hollywood machine, machine and made yeah. into a a thing, a product. I thought it was fine. Marilyn sausage. Mm-hmm. Seeing how they made the sausage. Yeah. Okay. 
I'll never see that movie. So <laughs> I know you will. Thank you for your review. <laughs> I absolutely will not. Based on one interview I read with that guy, he yeah. is stricken from my life forever. Andrew Dominic, no thank you. All right. It's too bad, too, because historically, I love I love an Australian. It takes a lot for me to... <laughs> <laughs> takes a lot for me to strike an Australian from the roster, but he's out. Never see anything Andrew Dominic makes. Did you see the uh, his other movies? The assassination of Jesse James oh, by the mm-hmm. coward Jesse Ford or whoever James. No, Ford. I never saw um, that. Um, yeah, it seems like he's pretty far up his own ass, which is, I mean, yeah. I guess what all filmmakers are correct. <laughs> anyway, the respected um, ones, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about Meet Cute, and while I felt it had problems, I thought that it was utterly, it was ultimately a sort of, like, very sweet allegory for <laughs> hopefulness and, um, you know, just keeping on. And then we get to do Revenge, mm-hmm. which I had, I had recommended because... I had seen multiple things talking about how this was an update on the classic 90s teen movies that we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Clueless, 10 Things I Hate About You, Cruel Intentions, that spate of teen movies that came out that, I don't know, maybe were just formative because that was where I was at in my life yeah. and that was you know the age I was at. But I was interested to see if this movie could be an update of that while keeping it or, or yeah up, an update of that while making it relevant for today's audience mm-hmm. and it's not for me <laughs> I hated this movie <laughs> I did not hate it I have to say I thought the first maybe hour of this movie was uh-huh. a fine rollicking romp in the vein of all those movies including directly lifting from all those movies which I know that you had a problem with I so I, it had many of what we call today Easter eggs, which I find <laughs> very annoying. And it was backwards engineered from the BuzzFeed article that of, I yeah. I did read. That's, you know, all of the Easter eggs in Do Revenge. Oh, I didn't read that. Um, there's a moment where Camila Mendez's character is standing in front of Horowitz Hall, which mm-hmm. was reference to Cher Horowitz. And that yep. kind of thing just, it's pointless. It I don't. I don't find it charming. It makes the movie into like a, you know, find the hidden picture or whatever those mm-hmm. games are from Highlights Magazine. And it, I mean, it. the other thing it did was take tropes from those movies, point out that they're tropes, and then it pat itself on the back for doing that and not doing anything to build on those tropes or, you know, criticize them or anything. There's a scene where the new girl at school is approached by someone else and offered a tour of school. And she said, another, this movie has terrible diction. <laughs> she says, oh, as a disciple of 90s teen movies, I'd be insulted if you didn't give me one. And first of all, that's not what disciple means. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she proceeds to give her a tour that's just the same as like uh, Mean Girls or Clueless. And yeah. it's, it does nothing to comment on the the cliche that it is in fact indulging in. And it does that over and over again, and it made me infuriated. And I just want to read something. There was a, I mean, calling it an article was, is a misnomer because they just gave the filmmaker an article in Vulture to write herself about her own movie. Oh. <laughs> it wasn't really an interview. They're just like, in her own words, and then like a thousand words from her. But these are the 
the uh, influences and inspirations she cites for Do Revenge. This is all from the same article. Clueless, Cruel Intentions, Out of Sight, The Birdcage. Out of Sight? Out of Sight. The Birdcage, The Nanny, Wild Things, The Usual Suspects, Fight Club, Election, Strangers on a Train, Sofia Coppola's Marie Antoinette, Boz Lerman's The Great Gatsby, Grunge, Young Winona Ryder, and Drew Barrymore, Warhol Girl slash Twiggy, 70s Mod, which is not a thing. That was from the 60s. (laughs) Um, And like John Hughes fucked Wes Anderson, but with Amy Heckling mixing. I'm going to go on and I'm going to say that's too many influences for one movie. (laughs) Yeah. That's why, I mean, this movie seemed hysterical and uh, it was terribly written. I will, I will read some other lines that really bothered me. Um, and yeah, it's clear when you read that, like it's, it's a mishmash of genres. The twists at the end are very strange. Uh, yeah, one of the literally out of nowhere. Hits the other one with her car on purpose mm-hmm. and then they forgive, they forgive you, they make up at the end. That yeah. bitch tried to hit you with a car. Oh, she didn't try. She hit her. She hit with her a with a car. Yeah. <laughs> but you know. Just teen girl stuff. They're all psychopaths, right? They are true. I mean, that was the, I was just going along surface level, mm-hmm. enjoying this movie fine. I was, I thought, I I will say, I thought Maya Hawk and Camila Mendez, great chemistry. I thought they were good together. They played off each other well. Um, I think I hadn't seen Maya Hawk in anything. I think she's fine. Good for nepotism babies. I'm good with it. Yeah, she's fine. I enjoyed her in uh, Stranger Things. Okay. She was okay in this. Um, But, I mean, she also played a character that basically had uh, two personalities. The twist for her character, like... In this movie? uh, Yes. Yeah, so so here was my problem with the movie, is that there's a twist in this movie midway through that I think was supposed to be, like, a cruel intent. I don't know. I don't know what the vibe was supposed to be, but it was truly chilling to me. I was like, this is, these people are fucking sociopaths. And like the movie didn't examine anything. And then it just threw all that away. It was just like, oh, but now we're filming Louising ourselves into the future. And like, Mm -hmm. it was dumb more than anything. (laughs) But also I really do. Bear with me, guys, while I don my gray powdered wig and get my cane and go out onto the lawn and yell about kids these days. But, like, this is why I think this movie's not for me because I don't think any kid who was watching it was like, these people are fucking evil. Like, the the movie's about getting revenge on somebody. It's it's based on the premise of Strangers on a Train. Did she list that as a reference? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> based on the premise of Strangers on a on a Train where it's like, I'll do your murder, you'll do mine. We're not connected, so yeah. nobody'll put it together. Um and then the the twist is so you see them go do all this nefarious shit to people both directly involved and tangentially involved and just like the objectivity with which they take that. I've seen so much made about Sophie Turner's hilarious turn, like scene stealing turn as the girl who's who's wronged and like sent to rehab in the beginning or whatever. Oh god, that was unhinged. <laughs> the whole thing was unhinged, right? But so I think the thing that was most chilling for me is like all of this is it just really I I do think it updated it to a modern day thing where I'm like Oh, yeah, like the advent of social media has made people 
literally incapable of recognizing other people. Like everybody mm-hmm. just has their own point of view for their story, which you see through your social media lens. And like it was it it simultaneously was saying like, oh, we're doing these terrible things to people, but they're rich, so there's not going to be any real consequences for mm-hmm. them. And then simultaneously saying like that Cami Mendes was the only person who per- perpetrated most of this terrible shit on people, by the way was the only person who was really a victim because she was there on scholarship. And it's like, none of that, none of that's real. None of that's true. None of it fucking stands up at all. Maya Hawke, like, it turns out has been playing her this whole time because she wanted to get revenge on her. Spoilers. Um, (laughs) She wanted to get revenge on her. But then at the end, they're like, like, we're both fucked up. Like, you're my, you're my evil soulmate. And like, I... Honestly, like there's a scene with them driving off. They decide they're not going to go to graduation. She's let her dream of Yale go. She's like, they've decided that they are now friends and it's fine. And and they were driving off. And I was like, what fucking horrors are these two with Maya Hawk's unlimited resources going to fucking subject this world to? Yeah. Like, they, it was it was chilling. It was it chi- was so it was weird. Yeah. So they to decide me. to they say we're going to skip graduation and drive off together. And I mean, it just like upends film convention in the wrong ways like it i I thought of thelma and louise too Mm -hmm. like they did not drive into the grand canyon spoilers for thelma and louise (laughs) um but like it's this moment where they're in the convertible they're driving down the freeway and singing and like it's like they're gonna go start a new adventure together then it cuts back to them resolving their romantic Uh relationships over the credits at at the end of the film which was like Real fuck you to those characters who are yeah. totally not like just set decoration, basically, yeah, those truly. two characters. And it's like, but they were just dra- like, why'd they skip graduation? They're back here now with yeah. these two other characters. And it's just like it wanted to have everything both ways. Like, yeah. are these girls soulmates or now they're getting back together with these people that they totally fucked over? Yes, completely like, fucked over. Gabby, the love interest for Eleanor, Maya Hawk's character. Mm-hmm existed solely to comment on uh, exposition uh, yeah. about other characters yeah, yeah well just about eleanor and like the fact that she's uh you know she's sort of like infiltrating the cool kids group by you know in the course of doing this revenge and like gabby pops up out of nowhere and is like these clothes aren't really you and it's like do these characters know each other yeah. <laughs> there was no development of their relationship whatsoever and then when they like make up at the end share a way too sexual kiss like yeah on, in a public park which yeah. i found very uncomfortable and then um drea camila mendez's character it dates this like guy russ 38 year old high school kid, i did which the is only <laughs> like re- real teen drama trope this did is that camila mendez is 28 years yeah. old playing yeah. a high school student um but yeah then she makes up with him it, and he was he had no personality whatsoever no journey no development like it was it was all so stupid and <laughs> i also love people loved that sarah michelle geller was in this playing that like headmaster head of the yeah. school um she clearly wanted as little to do with this project as possible because she only had scenes alone with uh camila mendez mm-hmm. in her office Whereas, like, all the scenes where there's an actual school administrator addressing the class were some other guy, like a vice principal. It's like, why couldn't she just have played that role? Too? <laughs> it made no sense to have some other vice principal with no... We saw her walk to the um, 
Yes, we saw her walk across a lawn. And then that was her only scene outside of her office. But it just seemed very odd, an odd way to wedge her into that. Mm -hmm. And I think they it's because they had to have a layer between Sarah Michelle Gellar's headmaster character and then whoever would find out that Drea and um, Eleanor poisoned their entire class with magic (laughs) mushrooms because like I think that would get you expelled and put in jail possibly or Mm -hmm. juvenile detention Um, it was just so weird this movie needed at least a second pass on the script because it was crazy and it makes me crazy that everyone likes this because it's like that proves that you don't have to write a good movie you just have to wedge in as many like memeable things and like references to other (laughs) films so that people will write the stupid BuzzFeed listicle and well, post stuff on Tumblr. Well, that's Tumblr, what got to whatever. me is, that's what got to me is, I'm like, <laughs> excuse me, people love this movie and are saying like how it's this amazing update on yeah. all of those 90s movies. And it's really just a sheer portrait of psychopathy. And <laughs> I mean, honest to God, I no, no word of a lie. I was like, I guess like it's, and I think it truly is, like, I don't think this movie is a commentary on it, but I think somebody should be saying, like, yeah. uh, should we be concerned about the kids? Like, utterly fucking, this left me feeling, like, so bleak. Like, there is no hope for, like, younger people. Everybody is just, like, siloed in this, everybody's trapped in a screen, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody's trapped in, like, how they want to present and how everything's a performance because everybody has an audience now. Yeah, and, and so, so there is a good movie in there somewhere yeah. about that. But like this movie didn't want to go no. dark, you know. Like no. it it did weirdly sort of touch on that by making a well, that was a story, but nobody acknowledged or commented on that at exactly. all. Exactly, and that could have been a good movie. But yeah. like if if this movie had been dark like Heather's or something yeah. like that could have been good but then it just sort of wanted to go back to being a bubblegummy yeah it like, just wanted to have everything both ways it yeah. wanted to be like these people were the actual true victims here yeah. and they they deserve to get revenge on these rich kids while they were perpetrating much worse shit yeah. on like the entire fucking town and and also like just saying flippantly saying that like sending somebody to rehab like yeah, cushy rehab is just gonna be like there's no consequences for these people like while that may be true and while jared fucking kushner is still walking this earth like a free mm-hmm. man it's just it's such a fucking terrible cynical look at like youth culture and like just yeah it doesn't even examine any of it it no. just literally tried to check off 87 things and that's why i was like this movie is not made for me because i'm trying to like parse meaning out yeah. of this thing that doesn't have none. any fucking meaning but it really was the most chilling thing i've seen in months <laughs> I'm, like, I'm watching Dahmer currently and i was just like wow guys like teen girls are evil dark not just teen girls like teen they i i sort of like the story like that's the other thing they tried to go there with like the woke like cis boy, ally yeah. like who's who's really like a douchebag and like playing all these other yeah. girls in the school and like dating somebody from every clique or whatever. But like, yeah. it literally was just, I'm like, this movie is made for people to ha- to 
make their TikToks with like Sophie Turner screaming the C word, like, you know, just mm-hmm. having audio on their TikTok of like this movie. That's that's yeah. what it's made for. And like, yeah, it's not good. Like we can do better as a society. <laughs> we can fucking do better, guys. Yeah, I don't know. I get the sense that every movie is made within like three weeks now. I, um, I, yeah, I it's just, it did so much crazy shit. Like the, the white, cis ally character max mm-hmm. who i i like that actor he was in euphoria yeah he's um he's like, very good but like they call I, him a manic pixie dream girl which dream boy yeah. dream boy which that's not uh, betraying the fact that they don't understand yeah. what that film trope is mm-hmm. at all because he was not that nothing he like had that. like his nails painted or something but that does not a manic pixie dream boy make um and so her initial revenge on him was to leak his texts, thereby letting the entire school know that he is cheating on his girlfriend with many other girls. Mm-hmm. And this is met with his girlfriend just immediately going into PR Calling, mode yeah. and mm-hmm. spinning it on his behalf that they are in an open uh, polyamorous relationship, which, okay, that makes no sense because she would be hurt and mm-hmm. would and humiliated. And then the end of the film is them capturing him admitting on video uh, him monologuing yeah, about how about how evil he is yeah. and how his relationship with drea which starts the film was a ruse all along he yeah. was doing a long con on her to yeah. to ruin her social life by leaking a sex tape eventually which a lot a lot of patience for a you know 17 year old boy to do that to someone <laughs> yeah. But then they leak this to the school and that ends his social life, which makes no fucking sense because no one would give a rat's ass about that. If it's already been leaked that he, you know, is sleeping with every girl in school and no one cares, why would they care about that? That was (laughs) so, yeah, truly. I mean, none of this makes any fucking sense. The other thing is she's like doing revenge because she lost her her social standing right like mm-hmm. she's out of the click now because they were her like sex tape got leaked yeah because her sex not because her sex tape got leaked but because she hit him and they were oh, like right. we all know that like he's not really like that he denies leaking it he didn't leak it and then um so that's kind of the central thing not that like the sex tape got leaked but the fact that like he then capitalizes on like you know being an ally uh-huh. for her whatever but then the other thing is As the movie goes on, she then loses her place at Yale explicitly because her grades are falling. She doesn't (laughs) have any extracurriculars and she doesn't have uh, like whatever because she like the other thing is this movie sets itself up to be like a morality tale about how like when you do revenge, you it's like drinking poison or whatever, you know. But then this bitch turns around and says, like, they took away Yale. And it's like, they explicitly told you nobody took it away except (laughs) you not doing the shit you were supposed to do. And you who have talked about how the terrible things you've done for these people have no consequences because they're rich are are now like doing the same shit to all these people. But we're supposed to feel any ounce of sympathy for any of these people. Like it was fucking bizarre. Like it truly was. I was. I was just like, this is, this is terrible. Like, this is truly (laughs) bleak. This is the bleakest shit I've ever seen. Maybe it's a commentary on, like, the 1% and how they truly are untouchable. But the other thing was, Drea's character is set up as, like, this person who has curated this life because she's a scholarship kid and, like, Mm -hmm. her mom's a nurse and she doesn't have any money. I'm like, why do you dress like a fucking real housewife then? Like, why why do you have this amazing... 
like lip service to like uh class updated. disparity <laughs> well yeah like yeah. you know uh having actual exactly having class disparity which um well i guess clueless was sort of like a class comedy because they make over time was, was working yeah. class but yeah it's like they pay lip service to that but there's no actual evidence of that we don't see you know um drea identifies as a woman of color she's latina mm-hmm. but we don't ever see her like with her family yeah, we don't see any evidence that she way. is not as financially well off as the mm-hmm. rest of the class it's like it's just so stupid you and can't also say things and like yeah the other thing is like she now is back in that clique right and mm-hmm. it's like Let's be real. Like the fucking access to that a school like that gets you is not that you're fast tracked to Yale or whatever. It is those connections that you make where you're able to call your friend's dad who runs Boeing and become a pilot day two, like or whatever. You know, like that's true. That's truly what it is. Like that's I mean, yeah. honest to God, when I saw them in that car driving away. It was supposed to be an allusion to the end of Cruel Intentions where Ryan Felipe leaves that world with Reese Witherspoon and drives down the uh, freeway. And I was just like, oh, this is this is bad. Like these these yeah. people are going out <laughs> to fuck up some lives with like Maya right. Hawk's endless resources. Yeah. Like, Which, like you said, it could have been a good movie if they had just owned that and like gone dark yeah. and made the characters like made the bad guys win yeah. at the end. But yeah. they wanted to have it both ways. Yeah wild yeah truly just just wild i i also i want to go back to some of the the grammar in this movie i have one note on the guy max who Mm -hmm. um his speech he said something about um oh at the at the ring class you know that classic that high school movie trope we see it in ring ceremony yeah a ring ceremony where the (laughs) you get a super bowl ring for graduating armor makes a meal for everyone out Mm -hmm. of the you know the produce that yeah. they grow in the school farm Max. remember that yeah remember I, do you remember what you wore to your <laughs> ring ceremony fond, fond memories of my <laughs> ring ceremony and again if they had made that a winking nod to like Prom. the skulls at like harvard or yeah, wherever the yeah. fucking cloak and skulls or dagger Skull and, skull and or skulls and bones or daggers and cloaks or whatever the fuck insects uh-huh. and larvae whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> like but that's the thing it's like these schools are already their own little cult like it yeah. is the you know like they didn't fucking commit to anything other than trying to like now let's check off we have to get like i any of i i missed significantly many of those references did they say beetlejuice (laughs) (laughs) but anyway at that at that thing he's talking about he said our very own ina garden and i'm like okay nobody could fucking correct the man and like Ina Garten, natural, like national treasure. Did he say garden? He said garden, oh Ina Garten. I, I mean, which maybe was intentional That's now funny. that I, I think about to, it. But. At work, I corrected that exact mistake oh my recently. <laughs> Ina Garten. National fucking treasure. She gets that a lot, you know? Ina Garten. Um, Max also said in his monologue about how evil he is, uh, it's so someone calls him the devil. Oh, yeah. And he says, it's upsetting that my entrepreneurial spirit has been reduced to such petty name calling, which is just... What? That's yeah. sentence needed a second set of eyes. <laughs> um, I believe Eleanor also says that her parents won't let her be the arbiter of her own social calendar, which I guess that you could make the case that this is how teenagers talk, but it's like they always use words that are clicked like 15 degrees yeah. in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's ugh. I had to edit something once that was written by a non-ESL or non-English 
as a first language mm-hmm. speaker and she was like describing Barcelona or something. And she just, you could tell she right clicked thesaurus, picked the first word for like every adjective in the thing. And they were <laughs> all just like, nope, that's not how yeah. you use that word. <laughs> yeah. It was insane. And that's what this movie made me feel like. Yeah. Well, I, so just even the title, Do Revenge, I, in my notes to you, went off on a rant about something that I've seen pop up very frequently in social media lately which is i resonate with that song and it's like you do not you just something resonates with you if you take one thing from our episode today guys let it be that you don't resonate with something i mean you do you resonate like that really resonates with me because i want to murder you now but like you don't resonate with something something resonates with you mm-hmm. like and i have seen it so frequently lately yeah. across all social media. I mean, it's my own fault. I should just get off TikTok. I mean, that's really. Well, I don't. I mean, this is how language creep happens. You know, like it's soon if enough people just start using it wrong. Merriam-Webster's is going to be like, fine, fuck it. Have whatever you want. Words don't mean anything. No, they don't. Yeah. 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 So it's, you hated it. I hate it. <laughs> I mean, I, it made me just so enraged. Yeah. Particularly because people claim to like it. You know, if this had the 54% on Rotten Tomatoes, I would be like, fine. But everyone pretending that this movie is some sort of glorious, like brilliant upending of beloved film genres for a new era, you're fucking lying to yourself. Well, it's not just that, but it is also the thing of like nobody is examining, which is fine. Don't examine it, right? But like, where are the think pieces about this movie? Where are the think pieces about like hey, is this problematic? It's like, no, everybody is just saying, like, this is great content. Like, that's yeah. what things are reduced to now. Mm-hmm. Like, there's nothing about, like, anything that it has commentary on because it doesn't commit to any commentary on anything. But underlying it all is a real rotten fucking core that yeah. none of those movies in the 90s had. I don't know anything about this filmmaker, but maybe she's a teenager. <laughs> Because it feels a, like a, a, a there's a scene pre-teen? where a tween, yeah. Um, uh, Drea's telling her newish boyfriend Russ that she wants to go to Yale and then Harvard Law, mm-hmm. and he says that's a rough combo. And she says, Oh, so you're a socialist? Like, what? <laughs> like, how the fuck did she glean that? The only yeah. like explanation is that whoever wrote this doesn't know what socialism is, yeah. and just like it's just fucking word salad throughout the yeah. whole movie, and I. I can't get past that, you know? It yeah. really like ruins a f- I it can't I can't be charmed by the characters or absorb anyone's chemistry or anything when people are just using words like um like magnet poetry or something. But that's why I'm saying it's not for us. It's Who is for, it for? It's for Fucking people. foreign markets? It's, Does it make what, sense no. if you translate it into Chinese or it's, something? It's for people who fucking consume things in three minutes on TikTok. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's for. It's for like there's the scene. Then stop making feature length films. Yeah. Just pivot make- to fucking TikTok yeah. if this is the content you want to make. Quibi was gone too soon, yeah. guys. <laughs> <laughs> this was expanded from a Quibi original yeah. to a fucking Netflix original. And honest to God, this is why Netflix is going down the tubes because they keep backing up yeah. their fucking money trucks to just be like, it's like drawing tropes out of a fucking bag and being like, let's just make all these in one movie. And it's been done better so yeah. many times. It's just, yeah, I mean, th- so again, like you were talking about 
where she's talking to Ross and she says, so what are you, a socialist? Yeah. There's also the scene where they're in bed and she's like, oh, could you just distract me? And it's like supposed to be the very feminist thing of like, he's going to go down on her. And you see her immediately on her phone, Mm -hmm. not paying any attention. She sees that there's a party going on and then she's like, oh, I came. And then I'm like, that is (laughs) gross. It's gross, but it's also like... Again, you don't see this person yeah. as an actual person. Right. Like these and I'm like, is this how teens are? Like, are they just like looking for the next Instagram fucking whatever? Like yeah. it truly was chilling to me. And nobody's talking about it, guys. You heard it here <laughs> first. I was also like mind bent over the fact that this movie is sporadically narrated by both the lead yeah. characters. Yeah. Which and, really it A makes Maya Hawke's turn at toward the end of the film, like the reveal about her, make absolutely no fucking sense. No, it made no sense. <laughs> and then she had been narrating it from the audience's perspective almost. Mm-hmm. Like she didn't know that there was yeah. a twist at the end yeah. for her own character. <laughs> yeah. But it also like I if you have to rely on narration to like explain something to the audience, fine. But there was a moment where when Drea finds out she can't get into Yale or she's out at Yale and now she's like now all I have is revenge and then Eleanor's character narrate voiceover is like all she cared about then was revenge yeah. it's like she just, <laughs> just said that. you're not needed here yeah. <laughs> just choices like that or yeah mystifying the whole film is mystifying but bad like yeah not, not- not for us. Like, no, for I didn't find are... it fun. <laughs> yeah. It was like the moments when it really tried to like be balls to the wall just didn't work. Like I feel like in like 10 Things I Hate About You and Clueless, there are sort of like maybe we like very kooky characters that are kind of bottled off from mm-hmm. the, I don't know. Like they're the, I don't know what that, the English girl who gets sent to rehab mm-hmm. Um and then develops a real cocaine habit or whatever. She just has these bizarre moments where she like holds Drea's face and then mm-hmm. says about her earrings, I like your ear balls. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I, sometimes those goofy things are funny to me, but this was such a miss. Like, yeah, it just because it's c- confused designed the... for TikTok. It yeah. is truly designed for somebody to have audio where it's them at the grocery store looking at mozzarella and it's the audio of I like your earballs and then like it's like POV I'm at the grocery store like that's yeah that's what fucking that's what content is now and that's chilling to me too I'm like we really like are just being replaced by robots like robots could have written this movie a hundred percent it made no none of it made any sense it didn't make any sense that there's this turn midway it doesn't make any sense that then what it takes for that turn is them going to a, a party and being like oh it's okay like we're cool also, the, i i don't know this is where the movie should have just gone farther yeah the plot at the end eleanor is going to force um drea to infiltrate this party yeah. that she's not invited to, <laughs> it, where you're not supposed to have your phone. By faking an email from Yeah, exactly. Harvard, and then record an all her former friends doing depraved shit at this uh, secret Orgy. party and then leak it all. And I, was just, I wrote in my notes, that is too convoluted. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. You can't <laughs> have a... <laughs> I don't... Yeah, anyway, uh, th- two thumbs down from me. 
Yeah, just watch 10 Things I Hate About You, a near-perfect film. Oh, also there was a reference to the paintball scene Mm -hmm. from 10 Mm -hmm. Things I Hate About You, which truly the only useless scene in 10 Things I Hate About You, an otherwise perfect movie. And when they started doing that, I was like, that's the reference to 10 Things I Hate About You you're going to make? Like, It always made me mad that they were throwing paintballs at each other in that movie because that's not how paintball works. You don't throw paintball. (laughs) You shoot a gun. Leah is giving me the dirtiest look. All right. On that note, I got got my own revenge to do now. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week with more TV on the radio. Keep it here on BFF.FM. Indie Rock Girl Radio is coming up next. We'll talk to you guys next week. Because you only listen to your fucking I don't relate to you. I don't relate to you, no. Because I'd never treat me this shitty. You made me hate this city. And I don't talk shit about you.